Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. So Margaret, um, a few hours pass after um, you've started your readings of the the Buckman book and you realize that it's about uh, high time for whoring as you put it earlier. So if you wanted to go up and check on your patient, um, that would probably be the best time to catch her at work. Bjorn and Gregory had went and had since come back um, without a whole lot of uh, words to you. But uh, my question to you is, are you going as uh, Sister Margaret or are you going as uh, Maggie uh, Smithson? She's definitely going to go as Maggie Smithson again. Um, She, I mean, going as a nun, it would kind of be like a record scratch moment where everyone looks to see what the hell she's doing in a place like that. And she's afraid that that kind of information would get back to Father Nas and that would be a nightmare for her. So she'll go through the same you know, trouble that she went through previously of pretending to look as a common woman. And uh, she's going to take the book. She's kind of afraid to leave the book unattended, you know, like someone's going to steal it from her or something like that, more so than someone finding it and getting in trouble. She's Her real fear is that someone's going to steal it. So she's going to take the book and again, slip it into her, you know, pantaloons before she puts her layers on, she gets her dress on, her little bit of blush and, you know, lipstick or lip stain, messes up her hair a little bit to look a little different, and then she's gonna head out to the town and walk towards the silver dollar. Yeah, and you're doing this all very slowly and quietly, because, like, Sister uh, Michael's not too far away, snoozing away. So, yeah, you're able to kind of, like, lift up the tent flap, um, look left, look right, and then kind of like skip your way out. Uh, you you arrive at the Silver Dollar not too much um, lo- um, long later, kind of being a little bit stealthy, hoping to not get followed out of the camp, but you, you use the same uh, route you did last time, walking uh, north a little um, as if you're along the river, which you haven't been bothered about um, before. And then you're able to just cut straight east. You arrive at the Silver Dollar and you don't really, it's not a really busy night for some reason. Not not very many uh, patrons out at all. So when you open the saloon doors, there's only a, a few people who are at the bar drinking. And you see your friend, uh, uh, Mr. Greer, who looks to be in a sour mood, um, nursing. And you see... Um, the famous Carol just kind of leaning up against the, um, the side wall, just looking bored. Margaret is definitely going to avoid the bar and avoid the man. She's still kind of cringing from their past interaction. So she's going to walk up to Carol 
and just kind of wave at her nonchalantly. And when she walks up to her, she's going to say, I'm terribly sorry to bother you. I was wondering if uh, Lavender had actually made her way to work tonight. Oh, yes, of course. Um, Why don't you go back to that same room and uh, uh, she'll be along shortly. Certainly happy to do so. And, you know, she kind of bows her head, walks in and follows Sue to that same room that she was in and sits down just yeah. like she'd been told last time and waits. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you pass about um, like there's like three or four uh, uh, rooms um, on each side, um, just with like those like cloth doors and you pass a few and you, you hear some like grunting out of one of them and you just kind of continue along and find that same slightly larger room on the end and uh, take a seat from the trunk. Uh, you're not waiting very long when you hear kind of like, you know, wrapping of knuckles on the side of the wall and like two small feet poking out underneath the curtain. So Margaret's going to get up, smile, and she's going to pull the curtain back to see if it's lavender. Hello, um, my sister. Um, yes. And it's lavender who just is kind of looking very pleased to see you. And she kind of, as you open it up, she kind of like slips in there. Hi, I'm so sorry to bother you during peak hours, I would assume. I just wanted to see how you were doing, follow up with your injury. Oh, um, I mean, it's it's a slow night. So, uh, yeah, not not a whole lot of uh, customers for for tonight. Yes. um, I I put the I put the salve on just as you directed and it's I mean it's hard to look at but um one of the other girls noticed that it was looking better. Good, good. And now Margaret just you know tries to be friendly with her and says and um none of the other girls have had something like this happen to them, right? Um none that um I could recall. I mean, I haven't really asked her. We we do have this um new girl Rosie but um I don't know I haven't really spoken to her yet about it but I'm the only one with this but it's not really something that I've been advertising well of course of course just you know I just know that sometimes you know girls being girls word gets around and um if anybody were to have something similar I certainly can make backup salve and you just let me know. I was just a little concerned because it just so happens that another townswoman, and she hesitates for a second, finding ways to to word it. Another townswoman happened to have the same marks that you did and, you know, unbelievably coincidentally so, but also on the bosom. So I, I was just, you know, curious if there was some sort of insect or any other bug, you know, just to keep an eye out, as other women may end up bitten too. Oh, sweet Christ. Another one. Uh, yes, and just like you, the same type of marks in the same exact spot. Well, I hope she's okay. Is she recovering? Well, she's not complaining about it, certainly. Well, that's good, and... I, I I trust you. You will do for her just as you've done with me. I, I thank you very much. Of course, no problem. But just please keep an eye out. Now I'm concerned, you know. I'm wondering if it's some sort of perfume that's attracting it, you know, some sort of perfume oil put in the bosom. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to kind of make 
sense of it all, put together a good picture so that it hopefully doesn't happen to anybody else. But I would really like you to keep your eyes peeled and let me know if you see any other girls with something like this in the dressing room, perhaps. Uh, absolutely. Um, and if I do, I'll send them right to you. If that's Thank okay. You so much. Of course, yes. You know where to find me. And um, if you can think of anything, just let me know. I just wanted to stop by very quickly and see how you were doing. Yes, yes, of course. Is there anything I can do for you? No, that's all. Just keep your eyes open. Keep yourself, you know, healthy and just be mindful of the customers. Make sure nobody's trying anything. I still don't know if it's a human bite or an animal bite, but I, you know, just err on the side of caution as much as you can. Of course. And with that, um, she kind of nods and like, uh, thanks you again and exits. Is there any other business that um, Margaret would have in a denizen tonight? No. After that, I think she would just turn around, go back to her tent to take off her whatever tiny amounts of yeah. makeup she put on and go to bed. Um, so as you're uh, making your way out, could you make me a spot and a listen roll? So I have spot hidden and listen, and they're both the same value. So I just roll yes. once. Um, make two separate rolls, please. You got it. I got a 29, so I passed once, and a 37 did not pass a second. So which one did you pass? The listen. Okay, so as you're making your way out, um, you're kind of being mindful of like the activities that are still going on behind some of the tent flaps as, uh, as you're exiting. And as you're passing by one of them, you hear a very familiar voice speak out in a language you don't really hear that often, but you have. And it sounds like the voice is kind of like, in ecstasy and it speaks something that uh sounds like a norwegian phrase to you is it a male or a female voice a uh, male margaret's going to stop dead in her tracks in front of whatever room that is and she's not going to put the you know pull the cloth curtain aside but she's going to definitely stand there and listen closely to see if she can determine whether or not it's bjorn as you are lurking and doing the devil's work, you hear like things start to pick up pace a little bit, and you hear like a woman, um, you know, performing her trade on a a young man, and you are very certain you're recognizing the voice at this point to be that of Johann Hagman. Oh, Margaret's going to approach and she's going to yank that curtain door wide open. So the the door is yanked open and you see the completely bare-backed of this uh, red-headed uh, young lady who is straddled atop of uh, what you presume is Johan, who is in a very sinful state at this moment, and he doesn't seem to notice you. The, the girl kind of looks back over her shoulder, um, sees that it's another woman, and then just continues... Margaret is just kind of in a fit of rage the second that she sees that it's Johan. She has so many things going through her mind, you know. She's thinking like father, like son, or, you know, so much for you pretending to be a kind young man and this is what you're doing. Now she's kind of wondering, is this the kind of shit he's learning at Gregory's apprenticeship? She's kind of just spinning out a little bit, just in rage. And all she can think of is to just scream at him. And say, is this what you've been doing? 
with your father's money? Is this what you're doing with whatever Mr. Smith has taught you? You come to me acting like a child of God and here you are sinning and making the beasts of two backs. How dare you, Johan Hagman? There is a very loud groan as you chide him and the the woman kind of uh, after finishing kind of just throws on a robe and walks past you and kind of gives you a really toothy smile. And then she's going to kind of look at the woman. The woman's doing her job, although she obviously doesn't approve of what she's doing. But the fact that Johan's not even showing any sort of remorse is really just pissing her off. Upon recognizing exactly what's happening, the, the young man kind of like, uh, gathers up what meager blankets are around him and tries to cover himself and looks like like a cross between like incredibly horrified and incredibly aroused and it's very weird for him it seems she's gonna cross her arms and you know shake her head kind of just showing how disappointed she is and says I hope you know your father will be hearing of this. Although who knows, perhaps he gave you the money to do it. Yeah, he starts um, like stuttering and just can't really find the words to say anything. And then just kind of like trying to will you to go away. Yeah, she definitely doesn't want to be looking at this naked young kid. She just kind of stomps away slams the curtain door as hard as she can and she's like power walking out of the establishment half afraid that the next door she passes she's gonna hear Bjorn well that was the only occupied room but um after all the ruckus you made you almost slam right into Carol as she takes up the uh hallway at the end and then like noticing that it's you making all the fuss kind of like says um, she kind of like stops for a second and then just says, perhaps this isn't the best place for you to be right now, Miss Smithson. Don't worry, I was quite on my way out, she says as calmly as possible as she's kind of smoothing the front of her dress, just fumbling nervously with it. Says, I just made sure Lavender's is okay and I will be on my way. I wish you the best of luck with your evening and hopefully things will speed up. She nods and as you depart, um, you see her kind of like look to the crowd that's been um, gathering and she says, well, it seems someone found her husband after all. And then there's some laugh as laughter as you uh, exit as Carol's, you get the idea is trying to make a cover for whatever just happened back there. <sighs> I was not expecting that Monica. <laughs> Always expect the unexpected with sister Miller. <laughs> all right. And now Johan will have a traumatizing memory. Johan, where did you get your nun kink from? You don't want to know. That was it's, the, it's the wrong Hagman she wants. And, uh, and I'm just imagining like, oh my God, if they actually do get like, Remember that time your stepmother caught you? Oh, God. Uh, ex-wife of God, you know? Yeah. Uh, later in the night, um, Sister uh, Margaret, uh, you return to the camp. Um, and do you uh, switch out of your disguise or are you too infuriated? What's going on here? 
When she gets back to the camp, she's going to take her outfit off. And since it's later in the night and she does enjoy her sleep, she's going to put her sleeping nightgown on, which is basically something that goes has a very high collar and goes to literally her wrists and her ankles. It's just like a long, off-white linen dress. And she's going to put her hair in kind of like a like a like a bonnet to sleep and she's just gonna settle down okay so we get back to the camp and i'm just tell gregory like hey i i'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning okay very well and he'll like sort of rip, sort of give one last look at bjorn because kind of like he just he just drove a man to tears by talking to him it's just <laughs> bjorn doesn't even seem to notice your looks you know what i mean he's just like beeline going over to margaret you well know, a few hours will have passed yeah between you got you guys returning and then Margaret returning. All right. So maybe you go and take care of a few things. Uh, you find um, a small packet of nails um, at uh, your camp, but much less than you thought you would be able to get um, with the money that you gave your son. And perhaps you start um, like shoring up some of your uh, living conditions in the meantime. Uh, Gregory, there's always more work to be done around the um, around the smithy, and plus uh, th- at this time of night, um, it's pretty much being converted back into living spaces for your family. And I'm going to say that um, Bjorn, if you have uh, business um, with Margaret, uh, scenes on you. So I go up to her tent. And I just kind of like I don't know how you knock on a tent door or whatever, but I'm like, are you in there, Sister Miller? She sits up. She had been laying down, unable to go to sleep because she's just so angry. So she sits up and she yanks open the the flaps of her tent and she looks up and says, oh, you did return tonight after all. I've been back for a couple hours. I just you told me to come back at night. If you want to come out and talk, uh, if you're presentable, I'll just wait out here while you get presentable. I'm very presentable, although I doubt you've never seen a naked woman in your life. After all, you've got a son. And with that, she stands up and walks <laughs> out of her tent, arms crossed. She's she's looking real livid. And she says, have you heard from your son tonight, perhaps? Uh, I think oh. he's uh, might be at Mr. Smith's doing his apprenticeship. Oh, Mr. Smith's. Is that where you think your darling son is? Well, I hate to be the bearer of the bad news, but um, perhaps your pocket's feeling a little light lately because your son is at the whorehouse having his way with a couple of whores. It's just like there's a moment where my mouth just opens, you know, and then it clicked my like you can hear my mouth click shut. Yeah. And then I'm like, look at her and I'm like, okay, I will talk to him, but. How do you know he was with the whore? Well, why, that's the whole reason I wanted to bring you here tonight to speak. It just so happens our mystery woman's marks are also on a living woman, a whore, at the Silver Dollar named Lavender. I encountered her a few nights ago because I was looking to bring women towards my tent for medical purposes. And she was the first client I had. Same exact marks on the bosom. Tonight, as you were gone with Mr. Smith, on your rendezvous around town, I returned to the Silver Dollar to check on my patient, make sure that there were no other women with the same marks, fearing that any woman marked with this would end up dead. And lo and behold, I find your son making the beasts of two backs with this redhead slut. There's a moment where, like, he looks down and he just puts his finger up for a second. Like, just, just give me a second. And he just, like, you can see his back is, like, like moving a little bit. 
And you might like for a second think like, is he laughing or try not to laugh? And then I sit up for a second or I stand up for, you know, like stand straight. And I look down at her and I'm like, that's a lot to unpack right now. But I'm like moving my hands around. Okay. Let's forget about my son. I'll handle my son. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate it. I was not aware of that. Makes a lot of sense now. I I will take care of that. I appreciate that. And thank you for your concern, beast of two bucks. And I just like stop for a second. And then I just like, do I, okay. So back to the marks. Are you are you are you are you willing to talk now about the marks? Yes. Certainly, that is why I brought you here. Now, isn't it? Good. And I just kind of like do the peaceful like hands, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's interesting. And that that is very interesting here. And I motion towards I'm sure there's like a little campfire or whatever with probably with some logs or whatever. Like, let's go talk by the fighter over here. And I go yes. and I sit down. Yeah. Being as though you're in the middle of a, a woodcutter's camp that had recently been cleared out, there's always uh, room for a bonfire. So, yeah, I go and I sit down on one of the logs. Here, have a seat. She sits down hesitantly with her arms still rapidly folded over her chest. Okay, so Gregory and I went to uh, the Silver Dollar, must have been before you went there, to go talk to this man they call the Jew, the one who gave the loan for the property that you are on and Gregory is on. And uh, and I stopped for a second, like I'm looking at the fire. And I looked at her, I stopped, I closed my eyes, I kind of look at her sideways, I'm like, sometimes I am good at reading how people react to things you understand like if someone says something sometimes i can pick up how they're reacting and what that reaction might mean uh they may speak more with their reaction than they do with their words and gregory when bringing up to this man about what happened i got some reactions i i I picked up from him and one of them being that at first he was worried and then when he the woman was described who was found he felt relief which led me to pry a little bit more. And the man is hiding something. He broke down crying, and I was very close to getting to it. But as you can imagine, being in a bar full of individuals and prying this information from someone who's becoming an emotional wreck, it's not the best of areas. Now, I kind of just look back at the fire for a second, then look back at her. I'm not a lawman. So I talked to Gregory, and we're going to talk to Gregory's brother, who's part of the federal army. But, and I just look at the fire again, I'll look back at her. Me not being a lawman also means I have more room to maneuver. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yes, I follow. And you telling me about this lavender leads me to believe that something is happening in that bar with the people who run it. And this man, the Jew that I spoke to, he knows. And trust me, he's about to break. What about these marks did this lavender woman tell you? With that, Margaret gets up. She crawls into her tent and she picks up her journal. She comes back out, sits next to Bjorn and opens to the page where she had drawn the marks and written, you know, wrote down what lavender had said. Uh, The curious thing, Mr. Hagman, is with such deep perforations, Lavender did not remember how she got them. She mentioned feeling blissful, at peace, and then the marks were there. She actually thought she got them in her sleep. But there's absolutely no way that unless some sort of topical numbing was applied, that she would be able to receive these marks in her sleep without awakening in shrill pain. 
and no matter how much I questioned her, her answers remained the same. I don't feel in any way, shape or form she was lying. She really has no clue how she got them. I went to her tonight and asked if any other girls had the marks. I feared perhaps somebody was preying on these vulnerable women, but she states that to her knowledge, she's the only one that's got them. What if she was drugged before the marks happened? What if she was given morphine? I thought of that too. But you would think that the the house mother, Carol, would have noticed. Uh, When I went to sort of investigate, I was greeted by Carol, who is sort of in charge of the girls there. She's the one that makes sure that they're taken care of, and she is very vigilant over their well-being. Carol would have mentioned if any others had such marks, and even she didn't know. And she's the only one from that bar. Yes, she's the only one. But I know that there are probably other places in town that hold common women. And with that, she kind of gives Bjorn a sharp look as if the same you would know. And I'll look at her like the looks. What are you trying to say with these looks? I just figured you would know if there were other places. And I'm sure you would know the clientele. Why would I know that? Well, Mr. Hagman, I know that you frequent these places. I'm not stupid. And I'll just stop for a second. And? And I'm saying you could use that to your advantage. You could go in there as a paying customer and, you know, ask questions. Or perhaps if you're friendly with a particular woman of your finer tastes, maybe she would know a little more and you could interrogate her. I'm about to do the guy thing. You need to calm down. Why are you so angry about this? Who cares who I lay with, sister? Aren't you married with Jesus? I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for your immoral, immortal soul. Look at the things that you're doing. And now you've got your son doing them too. Are you not ashamed? I am lonely. My boy is curious. I will talk to him. Do not judge lest you miss the plank in your eye, yes? Well, my plank has several less women than yours. I'll give you that much. Oh, and I just like sit back. Listen, sister, you need to think about the task at hand rather than my nocturnal habits. Put this energy to something good. I am telling you, Carol is the one you should speak to. They're having a slow night, Lavender told me herself. If you didn't get any answers from whom I'm assuming is the drunk jerk that sits at the bar, God forgive me for saying so, perhaps Carol will assist you. Her well, The girl's well-being is the thing at the forefront of her mind. She I, will tell you anything you need to know. And listen, I will have to talk to her outside of the silver dollar. I think the manager of the establishment isn't a fan of mine right now. He, uh, I got my point across to him. Listen, I understand what you mean, but I think your way of communicating, connecting, and this health reason could get you to talk to other women in these other establishments. I will talk to Kero if you can get her to speak to me outside the silver dollar. I can't go in there unless I'm prepared for for stuff to happen. Oh, I'm sure. No, and I'm talking about lead. That's what I'm talking about. I got lead. my point across. I wasn't happy with them. Well, I have good rapport, at least with Carol and Lavender. I could get her to meet you somewhere, preferably somewhere neutral, not, you know, at your place. Uh, Carol is a bit of a... A woman of few words, let's say. She does not appreciate messing around. She will tell you what you need to know. But uh, you should know that I've been going there under an alias. She doesn't know who I am. She knows I'm just some sort of nurse. Maggie Smithson. So when she comes by, she'll tell you Maggie sent her. And then you'll know she's Carol. 
what time and place would work for you? I'll leave that to your discretion, Sister Miller. Listen, how dirty do you want to get your hands to find out what happened to this woman? It's not the woman I'm concerned about. I'm more concerned about the ones that are still alive that may be at risk. And to save them, I will do anything. Well, I think we should talk to Gregory tomorrow because I'd like to have more words with the Jew, but not in the confines of the silver dollar. Of course. Uh, Perhaps you'd like to meet Carol on Sunday after service. I can have her show up at mass and meet you afterwards. I'm sure you'll approve the meeting since she's not technically a whore, yes? I just kind of look at Sister Miller sternly. She kind of gives you the angry side eye and she balls up her fists at her side. She slams her, her journal shut very sharply and says, what you do with your time and your body, Mr. Hagman, is of course your problem. I'm just here to save Lavender and I'm here to get some answers. For all I know, I could be next. That's fine then. Don't bring up my nocturnal habits then. You're the one who brought it up. I didn't bring it up. I don't want well, to talk Well, you seem about to be bringing everything else up. You and your son, the both of you, acting in a life of sin. But that's neither here nor there. I'll get you Carol just how you like her. What? I think you need to go to bed with your teas and your journal there. And maybe do some inner self-reflection about how anger is a, is a vice and a sin, yes? Jealousy. Oh, Try yes, that one on. So is lust, Mr. Hagwin. So is lust and so is pride. And she's going to take the journal. She's going to like hit him over the shoulder, but not hard. Just kind of like, you know, chiding him, <laughs> get some of her anger out. And then she's going to march towards her tent. I hope you have yourself a pleasant evening wherever you may end up. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> Maybe with someone who doesn't nag as much as you and I just like storm off. <laughs> and as, uh, as you storm off, uh, Jorn, you come across a man astride a horse. The horse goes, and then the man on top of it goes, well, buddy. And you recognize him as Russ Freeman and says, Uh, I see you have uh, some woman troubles. Oh, Mr. Freeman, just the man I'm looking for. You're looking for a little work? Actually, uh, now I am. I just happened to, you know, sell the rest of my hoard to some, uh, you know, prosperous buyers who just come to town oh come down from that horse and let's talk i think some of these people need to find out about some western law he he nods and gets down on the um off the horse so gregory um it's been a uh long night for you as well and as uh you're converting uh the shop back into a living quarters um your brother Georgie uh, shows up. He's all sweaty, uh, reeks of sawdust, sweat, and alcohol. And he kind of raps on the door and says, "Brother, uh, am I um, am I on time?" Uh, just about. Oh, before, before uh, there's something I need to tell you. Something happened today. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, um, why don't you come out by the fire? We'll talk all about it. Okay. You already drunk. Oh, just just a little. I got plenty for you too. Come, come, join me, my brother. Gregory will go over to join him by the fire, but he won't take the drink. He says, "Sorry, I can't spend. I can't afford to drink too much. Just gotta make sure I'm up and early tomorrow, not ready to start the forge again. It's a lot of work needs to be done, and only so many hours to do it." Right. Um, more for me then. And he finishes off the bottle and kind of just like 
chucks it at uh, the remains of the fire, which then kind of springs back to life and goes, and you could tell right away, it's not the bottle of rum that you guys shared a couple weeks ago, but it's an entirely new bottle. Uh, oh, hope maybe this might this might be up. So, I don't know if there's any been any news over by the fort, but dead woman sh- washed up today. A woman, you say? Yeah, a dead one. Hmm. Yeah, that's not the living kind. And he tries to like sit down on one of the, like the logs there, but um, he has to, like go at it really slowly in order to not fall. Will just so sort of he'll, he'll give him like a, a bit of a bit of a look, but he won't say anything just yet. Yeah, so I probably won't. I'll probably have to wait till you're sober tomorrow to get any actually information out of you. So, any you guys that heard of anything, anyone going missing, any trouble with I don't know, maybe the natives or something? Oh, uh, not lately. They um they tend to run when they see the fourth cavalry riding at them. Well, that makes sense. I don't like this. It's we came here to get away from everything. It's supposed to be safe now that we're here, but now dead people are popping up, and we don't know what they're dying of. Brother, people's be dying all the time. It's the best you can do to just make sure you have a say in what kills you. Ain't that yes, right? And if, but if you don't know what's killing people, then you know, you have then you won't know then you won't know what to protect yourself against. If it's if it's a disease going around, you just you know you keep away from the sick people. You 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 keep yourself cordoned off. If it's an animal, you go out and kill it. If it's Indians, you get the army out. I don't know what the hell. I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't well, know. If there's a guy out there killing women, you just kill him, then right? Well, the thing is, right now I don't know if it is a man killing women. Well, then you kill the bear or the wolf or the fish or. The rocks, and he starts nodding off. And then Bjorn, and he says, Gregory will quietly say to himself, "Yeah, but what if it's something that you can't kill?" So you you say that to yourself, and then you kind of like have to drag the incredibly inebriated um, body of your brother back to your. Um, small cabin so he doesn't freeze to death outside um you go to bed yourself eventually you wake up and uh your brother's um outside um fetching water and your wife samantha comes up to you and says husband yes i see uh your brother's here again yes and he got drunk again last night again just like the last several times i admit yes uh Little Mary was asking why Uncle Georgie was acting so strangely. <sighs> Look, hon, I know he's your brother, and he's always welcome here, but any any bottles he's bringing or any of that is not welcome here. This is my home, too, and as she gestures around of, like, the, like, less than 100 feet that you guys have to share at this point. I understand. It's... I suppose I better tell you this just so... Keep an eye on the children. Just I don't know if you heard, but yesterday we found a, a woman's body washed up on the shore of the, of the river. She crosses herself. We're not sure what killed her. According to the uh, to the sister, sister Margaret, she it, it looked like maybe something bitter or something. I I don't know exactly what. Oh goodness, maybe maybe we should uh, make sure that uh, Mark has some more bullets for that gun. Then, if uh, 
if there's an animal around. Yeah, I don't. I, it, it wasn't anything big like that. It was maybe it was, it was kind of snake or something. I don't know. It, according to her, it wasn't like the body was eaten. It was just bitten by something once. It's just, just keep an eye on the children, and I'll I will see about getting a couple of extra bullets for Mark, and I'll try to see if I can keep my brother sober enough to actually be useful if something does happen. You see that you do, husband, and she kind of smiles. <sighs> when will this end? <sighs> okay, gotta. And he'll just sort of, you know, shake himself off and just head out, head back to work and try to keep the fears of everything that he doesn't know is going on around him out of his head. Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption follows four hunters who have been plagued by the Supernatural Society and is a great place to start if you're looking for more games to listen to by Twin Cities by Night and you enjoyed Missouri Crossing. Mm-hmm.